Welcome to Voices of the WSD, a podcast featuring the students, the staff, and community of the Wentzville School District. Thank you for taking time to listen to our very first episode, and we hope you will subscribe to the podcast to receive automatic updates about future episodes. We kick off the 2020-2021 school year hearing from Dr. Curtis Kane, the superintendent of the WSD. Dr. Kane touched on a number of topics, including the passage of Prop CNS, the WSD's growth and new buildings that are opening. Uh, He talked about how the district has been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, In relationship to the COVID-19 pandemic, talked about the WSD's virtual academy, uh, what that will look like, uh, district safety measures and procedures that have been put in place, and so much more. This episode of Voices of the WSD is presented by two of our district marketing partners, Train and Borello Orthodontics. We'd like to thank all of our WSD marketing partners for supporting the students of the Winsville School District. For the last three years, Borella Orthodontics has been a proud marketing partner of the Wentzville School District. Located in Lake St. Louis, Borella Orthodontics has been recognized by St. Louis Magazine as one of the top orthodontists since 2015. Visit BorelloSmiles.com to learn how you can receive your complimentary smile assessment today. The Wentzville School District would like to thank TRAIN for their partnership and community support. Learn how TRAIN helps school districts just like the WSD by visiting TRAIN.com K12. And you can also find a TRAIN comfort specialist to help with your home HVAC needs by visiting TRAIN.com. We're excited to launch the first episode of the Voices of the WSD podcast and how appropriate would it be to start right at the top of the district. I am pleased to be joined by the superintendent of the Winsville School District, Dr. Curtis King. Dr. King, thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your very, very busy schedule, I know, to uh, be the first guest here on the podcast. Derek, it's my pleasure. Well, before we jump into current state of things, I think it's important to take a step back and sort of retrace our steps to where we were prior to all the current state of affairs, uh, because several things have happened within the district that are important to remember. Uh, We've had new boundaries. We've had the uh, approval of Prop CNS. Can you share with the listeners what these changes and approvals mean for the district going forward, along with any other new action items that have come about? Sure. Uh, It's been an amazingly busy time. I can't quite remember a six-month window that's moved at the rate in which this one has. It's really a testament to not only um, the community as a whole, but specifically our parents and our staff and our students in terms of how we've been able to focus and keep you know, our primary mission, the primary focus of what we're doing, which is meeting the needs of students. Um, so I guess when I go back and I think about what happened Um, back as it relates to boundary changes, what those actually do is really position us to best 
be able to address what is going to continue to happen in the Wentzville School District as it relates to growth. Uh, the data is pretty clear that by the year 2031, there is a chance that we could be the largest district as it relates to populace in the entire state. Um, and so we don't ignore that fact. We actually embrace that challenge, not as only as a district, but as a community. We've done that. Uh, and this community should be very proud of how it's gone about supporting the growth in this district um, and that we just continue to move in an upward uh, trajectory, not only in terms of enrollment, but what we're able to do with and for kids. It's very, very impressive, all with keeping you know our eye on what is most appropriate as relates to cost in terms of containment and just being very efficient stewards of district resources. We continue to find ways to be creative with the challenges that are in front of us. The support in terms of what we're seeing with both props C and S to not only see our community react favorably to both of those items, the community didn't have the option to do so in April. I don't know if there's ever been a time in the history of the state of Missouri we've actually had to move an election and an election was moved to June 2nd and our community, in fact, passed both of those particular items. Both are desperately needed and um, prop S actually is going to allow us to at least remain competitive with what's happening as relates to our staffing sizes in terms of uh, supports within our buildings. And we're going to be able to expand what we're able to do for students when we are up and going in terms of full time face to face with our students, uh, but also remaining competitive because we were seeing uh, some loss of that competitive edge in terms of retaining um, staff members. Um, that's not just about. Uh, certified staff members. That's also our classified staff members. And those are the folks that we need every single day that we have instruction. Uh, we need those folks every single day that we have instruction in the Winsville School District. So to pass both of those is is really, really saying something, not only the movement of the election date itself, but the reason it had to be moved with a pandemic that I don't believe this nation, I don't believe this planet's quite seen anything like this in approximately 100 years, being the Spanish Spanish flu, I guess, would be the closest approximation to something of this significance. Um, but our community still came out and supported us. It, it's really a great uh, telltale in terms of how people really and truly feel about what's happening in the Wentzville School District. And it's an honor to be a part of that. You talked a little bit about the enrollment and the growth with everything going on in the Winslow School District. It's unique to think about the fact that we're opening a new school this year and next year as well with the new elementary school journey elementary this year and new high school named to come uh, next year. But when you think about that, what's the latest you can share about specifically details about the growth? Um, you mentioned, you know, becoming the largest in the state potentially down the road. But immediately, what do you think that looks like this year, three? years down the road, maybe five years down the road? I think our growth is beginning to change. Uh, this past year, we actually had more high school students that were coming into the Wentzville School District than we have in the past by percentage. I believe that number was closer to in the upper 40s in terms of that percentage. That's atypical of what we've typically seen. So it gives us an idea that people at various stages of the ages of their respective children are choosing to come to the Wentzville School District. So I'll be very curious to see what that means in future years. Like how how does that impact what we're seeing as relates to growth? That's going to be very, very interesting um, for us to track and to respond to. Not only are we going to be opening Journey Elementary School uh, literally next week, and I was just in the building yesterday um, 
it's a very, very attractive building. It's not a small school by any stretch. Yeah. It's a very, very attractive building. The following year, the fourth high school in the Winsville School District uh, will be opening. Will be opening, and then the year after that, just to the south of that particular high school, will be opening the fourth middle school in the Winsville School District. So, I am feeling good, at least in the short term, of where we stand in terms of our secondary feeder patterns. If there's one thing that we heard. Um, I took it this way in terms of what I heard in terms of feedback with the boundary changes is we understand that you're going to have to make these adjustments. But the more we're able, we're able to minimize that impact in terms of shifting of those boundary lines, the better. And I anticipate we'll still have to make changes and revisions in the future. Not right now. In the future, as it relates to our elementary, this provides us the opportunity to give our community some stability with our secondary feeder lines. In the past, we've had back to school. You've shared a back to school message, a presentation uh, with the community and with staff. Taking COVID-19 out of the equation this year, what's that message to staff, to the community, things you'd like to share with stakeholders? First and foremost, I would want nothing more than for us to be five days face to face with instruction for as long as we possibly can. I'm speaking, I'm mixing uh, the hats that I wear. My, my dad hat is on right now, but my superintendent hat is on my head at the same time as I'm saying this, because I believe that for the majority of our students, that's what uh, really best meets their respective needs. We have a virtual academy, and I think it's going to meet the needs of folks that um, are apprehensive in terms of what school returns going to look like. And I think that that option in terms of choice makes all the sense in the world, and we'll do everything that we can to be supportive of that. Um, but I want our community to know that we know how important what we do is and what how much how important what they do in terms of supporting what happens in our classrooms, in terms of supporting students. We do it best as a team. I've said it, I believe, from day one in district. We do it best as a team. And regardless of what that modality looks like, whether it's two days of face to face instruction, whether it's five days of face to face instruction, the more we do it as a team. And we wrap around what's in the best interest of students. And when I say interest of students, I mean not only academically, but socially and emotionally uh, worried about and focused on making sure that we're meeting those needs of our students as well. The more we do that for students, the better we're going to be. And we will creatively find ways to do to do that this year. Uh, it's going to be a unique year, not just in Wentzville, across this entire nation, if not planet. It's going to be a unique year. And I have zero doubt that we have the skill set and the endurance and the general grit to focus on student needs, regardless of what. Uh, the arena happens to look like. I've, I've got zero doubt that our folks are going to do that simply because they've always done it. They've always done it, always risen to the challenge. And we'll do that this year as well. So tiptoeing now into that, that world of what we've been dealing with since, since March, um, it's obviously turned so many things upside down. So many things just in our life upside down for you. What has it been like to be the superintendent of the fastest, fastest growing district in the state of Missouri during a pandemic? Not easy because there are so many very strong and valid opinions and perspectives all along uh, the spectrum in terms of how people feel about this and trying to really work and land on decisions that best fit the needs of everyone is the challenge. Quite honestly, it's a daily challenge um, as, as superintendent. It's just different with this. Um, I know that people have concerns in terms of there are those that clearly want us to be back five days a week. I said and stand by what I said earlier. 
The question is, how do we do it safely? Right. Not only for our students, because we have students of a variety of health conditions in terms of standing uh, in our buildings, not just our high school and our middle school, our elementary as well. But we also have staff, right, that have concerns. Uh, there's so much about this, this virus that we don't know about. It's constantly emerging and it's constantly morphing. It is forcing us to have to do that as well. Morph, change, be flexible in response to the conditions that are in front of us. When we reach a point and the numbers are telling us that we're in a place where we can all return safely, we will do just that. And if that means it's before um, a, the first quarter comes to a close, if we have conditions that say that's what we can and should do, then that's exactly what we will do as a district. And I want our community to understand that. I want our students to understand that as well. Uh, we know students missed out on a number of opportunities last year. We know graduation is a perfect example. It looked and felt very different yes. being in July versus earlier in the summer. We know that there's a potential that students are going to experience some things that look different this year as well. We get that as educators. We get that as parents and we get that as community members here in the Winsfield School District. The question is how do we put forward a plan that allows us all to return to work and to learn in a safe environment, as in as safe an environment as we possibly can in the fastest growing district in the state of Missouri. Because Holt High School is still going to have 2,000 students. Right. Right. We have elementary buildings in this district that are the size of high schools uh, in this county. Yeah. And so understanding the power of our context and how we have to work around that, what our cafeterias, what our classrooms, what our hallways, what our buses look like, those are all factors that have a direct influence in terms of how we land on certain decisions. And that's not to discredit what people feel, nor how they feel. We hear, respect, and value their perspectives. But please understand there's a very, very large picture that we're trying to consider um, and understand as, as we are moving forward. You you said it there. I was going to ask a question later on about what the how the process would work for the district to go from right now we're at level two as we sit here today. How the decision made to shift us to a level one or potentially a level three that would happen not even at the end of a quarter, just as needed. How would that process work? So I'll be very honest. Superintendents have been meeting at least in the same. No, scratch that. I know across the state because I've, I've got colleagues that I'm in contact across the state. Superintendents have been meeting nonstop since March with health officials, with other superintendents, um, other resources in terms of medical um, and other um, I guess you could call them content experts, epidemiologists, directors of of county health, trying to figure out the most logical and rational systemic path forward. It's been nonstop meeting at least once a week, uh, if, if not with more frequency, in order to figure out logical ways that can get us back to do what we do in schools. That's what we've been doing nonstop. Um, and I, I want everyone uh, on this podcast to understand how closely the superintendents of St. Charles County are uh, working together and have been long before the pandemic, um, just to level set. And I understand that we have conditions that look different and we do have conditions that look different in Wentzville. Uh, and I'm sure that there are realities and contexts that are different elsewhere in county. But we're all talking and working and really trying to collectively figure out solutions that make sense moving forward. The return to school process right now for us at level two includes blended learning. Families have also been given the option to do what we call the WSD Virtual Academy, which you alluded to a little bit earlier ago. When we got into the situation in March, virtual 
will look much different than what it will be in the fall here as school starts. I'm sure you've heard the feedback from families and, and parents about how stressed or their concerns about how virtual was back then. What can you tell them about the difference between March and what the virtual academy will be for students in the fall? So the virtual academy is a standalone modality that students are going to be learning through. So regardless of what happens in terms of level one, two or three, the students, at least on a semester by semester basis that are in the virtual academy, will have a standalone um, set of course pacing and experiences that's going to look different than what students that are going from levels one, two and three, in fact, are going to experience. It's just going to be it's a different construct, right? It's just simply a very, very different construct. Um, if and when we are able to have our Wentzville School District teachers, in fact, teach these courses, that's exactly what we're doing, because at the start and the end of the day, these are our students. They're just learning in a virtual environment. And so we still want that opportunity when we are able to provide it for our teachers to be instructing our students. We're sitting here as we record a podcast wearing masks, actually. We've talked to, we've got signage in our building here at the administrative center, reminding people about social distancing, wearing masks and washing hands visually throughout the district. Uh, can you speak to some of those safety measures and procedures people can expect to see this fall in our buildings? I actually want to go back to the mask uh, itself, the issue of masks themselves. I would say five weeks ago, we were in a different place in terms of strongly encouraging masks. But because of looking at the data itself, not only data within the region, data within the county, and specifically looking at data within um, the school district itself, we're trying to, and in fact are drilling down to data that looks zip code by zip code what's happening here in the Winsville School District as well. But back to my initial point, five weeks ago, we were not in a place where we were going to mandate masks. Because of the constant change and ebb of what we are experiencing, we reached a point where we realized if we don't do masks, then we're going to have no choice but to stay in a full virtual environment for all students. Masks are our only, at this point in time, path forward to have students, in fact, come back with to um, to and within the schools to learn. That that changed and it's yeah. continued to morph and it just speaks to how quickly things have changed. Now, what's interesting is on the same day of the that board meeting on July 20th, a number of big box box stores did the exact same thing in terms of made some announcements, not just within the region, but across the nation that, in fact, said um, uh, that if you enter those particular businesses, you're going to be wearing a mask as well. It speaks to just how not only the environments change for the district, for the county. But for the for the nation, right, things continue to morph. And that's where we have a right to feel how we feel and we have a right to express how we express. But please understand, the more we're willing to flex and ebb and flow, it's going to assist us in this process as we move forward. I personally look forward to the day where we're not wearing masks, but I understand that there could be some daylight and there is going to be some daylight between now and whenever that actually uh, does occur. So when folks are entering our buildings, you're going to see an increased amount of signage that is encouraging hand washing. And I'll be very honest. I think it's OK to keep that hand washing sign up. Right. It is fine for students to go into the restroom and to legitimately wash their hands. There is uh, only there are only positive benefits from doing so. The social distancing, you'll see signage that talks about social distancing. And in the fastest growing school district in the district or in the fastest growing school district in the state of Missouri, social distancing is much more challenging to achieve yeah. than 
in many other places. I'll say it that way. Than in many other places. It's very, very challenging to do so. Think about what you see in our cafeterias. Think about what you see in our hallways. Right. It's very think about what you see on our school buses. Social distancing is challenging. And those three precautions, uh, as well as the mask component, those are the three uh, levers that need to be pushed or pulled in order to uh, meet some of those universal precautions that help keep everyone safe. (laughs) So you'll see that Uh, you will also see. Class, classroom spaces that look different. The arrangement um, of furniture, how students are seated, even how students are, are um, transitioning within class, uh, how students are going up to the teacher's desk, how the teacher's coming to the student, all of that's going to look different. Depending upon the services that a student's receiving, you'll see staff members that are wearing things that look different as well uh, in terms of facial and other coverings um, as it relates to um, personal protective equipment. Uh, And also in spaces where you have secretary and other support staff, you'll see uh, plexiglass in terms of physical barriers um, that we're seeing in grocery stores and in other places. You will see those uh, particular pieces of equipment um, across the district as well. You'll see an increase in terms of hand pumps for um, um, hand sanitizer uh, in classrooms. You're going to see those continue to go in over the course uh, of the early part of the semester. All of these efforts, all of these measures in concert coming together are going to be what allow us to come back to school the way that most of us want to come back to school, which is five days a week. My last question for you, we often get the chance to, when you do have a moment to have a side conversation, touch on sports, specifically the NBA. But for those students engaged in extracurricular activities, um, I know there's the concern about what happens with sports. And definitely from my perspective, I know that I get that question all the time from folks as I'm visiting with potential marketing partners. But what's your message there? Because I know that's a moving target. We've seen both ends of the spectrum, not only in our state, across the country. Uh, We talked before we started recording that the school district in Kansas City, Kansas, their board has recently voted to not have sports and activities. Right now, the state of Missouri, you've got varying different levels of things happening right now for Winsville School District. What's the the outlook or what words can you provide to not only students that want to be involved and don't want to lose out, but also, again, as a parent, what's the thought process of what we do as a district going forward? So it's interesting you asked me this question on today when we saw what happened in terms of action by both the Pac-12 and Big Ten on yesterday. Right. That's not a small decision. Um, fiscally speaking for those respective organizations uh, and what that means uh, in those respective communities, those are not small decisions. I will not identify specific uh, professional sports, but there are those that are struggling right now, trying to figure out a path forward that makes sense with all things as relates to COVID testing, all of that, right? Everyone is wrestling with this. I think we are going to have to pay attention to the conditions in front of us and adjust accordingly much like we're doing instructionally within our classrooms for not only our uh, athletic competition, but our co and extracurricular um, activities before and after school. There are going to be considerations. There's going to be flexibility. Um, There'll be potential movement that we'll all have to engage in in order to do it safely. When you actually hear and there are a number of anecdotal stories of things and how quickly things can actually spread uh, and multiply. Right. We've all heard those um, those different stories and tales. So we just have to be mindful of all of that. There's a lot that is going into consideration or a lot that is being considered with all of these decisions. And the fact that students and families invest as much time and literally 
sweat uh, into what they're doing in terms of engaging in those activities. We do know this as educators. It is a fantastic non-curricular learning opportunity for students, whether it's um, any one of the activities. And I don't want to name an example because I'll exclude folks by doing sure. so. But any one of those activities provides identity and connection and real meaning for students. And we get that and we understand that. And we don't and we do not and will not take that lightly. Last year, this time you just got on Twitter. How's your Google Meet Zoom capability? So every now and again, I'm back on Twitter. Um, every now and again, I'm back on Twitter. Google Meet, since I'm speaking with the director of marketing, <laughs> uh, there are other modalities that we have sure. all learned to master. And, and you know what? I will say this in terms of that learning curve. It's very interesting because we ask students to do this every single day. Yeah. And I think there's something both humbling and very appropriate for us as adults to do something that's very, very similar. Stretching ourselves above and beyond, um, you know, the horizon and the avenue that is most comfortable for us. If we can ask our students to do it, I think it's critical that we demonstrate a willingness to do so as well. Dr. Curtis Kane, the superintendent of the Winsfield School District. I appreciate your time, sir. It's been my pleasure.